0: Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information.
1: Well, hey there, and thanks for joining us. My name is Jeremiah Rabel, and we talk with AB NWT leaders every month about healthy churches and healthy leadership. I'm reminded that every one of us, pastors and ministry leaders, we literally have our mission handed to us by Christ himself, who said, go and make disciples. So that's why we are here. Another huge part of our role is, again, found in the Bible, in Ephesians 4, where we're to equip the people for good works. This is all about developing others, not doing the work yourself. So many pastors, they do everything, but that's not our job. Our job is to equip the people to do the work. Developing leaders is something that needs high priority, and I'm pleased to welcome Jeff Kears with us today. Jeff is our new next-gen Leader Development Coach. It's a new role here in our district. And so, Jeff, would you just talk to us a little bit about what it is what's your role and what you'll be doing in the coming year
0: yeah for sure it's uh it's really exciting for me to be in this role now and yeah. it, there's some moving parts as we develop it but it's really to fill a need in that exists across Canada and North America and specifically in our district where we need to develop our young leaders at yeah. an exponential rate um there's some significant need coming down the pipeline like i wouldn't say if i would say if we're not on a leadership crisis. If we're not in one, we're right on the brink of one. Um, The stats are roughly 50% give or take of our lead pastors who are at the boomer demographic are going to be at least moving into an age where they would be likely retiring in the next 10 years. And we have to replace that. We don't have a lot of people ready to jump into those roles. And certainly we don't have enough on paper right now that we would say they're ready to go. So we need to be putting resources into our young leaders, um, into our associates, into our youth pastors, next-gen leaders, whatever it is, um, to fill those gaps or else we're going to be in big trouble.
1: And what specifically will you be doing? What's that going to look like in your role here in the district?
0: Some of it has to do with effectiveness coaching still. There's like the role that I was in before, or the role this role before they transitioned it and I came on, was more of a youth specialist. So there's a little bit of that still involved. Um, But it's really more focused on coaching. Um, Coaching our current... Next gen pastors are, are current, whether that's your your youth pastor or your associate pastor, basically anybody under thirty five around sure. that age, yep. um, and and coaching them in effectiveness, but also just pushing them to develop themselves as a leader, mm-hmm. um, training them with different resources. It's it's that's what a lot of coaching is, right? It's resourcing them, helping them to become the best that they can be, um, teaching them to develop a leadership pipeline in their youth groups, in their worship teams, whatever it is, so that they can be developing leaders as we develop them as leaders. So right. it becomes a system and a pipeline that goes from you know your youth group to your lead pastors. We can uh, follow a trajectory there, right? And and see exactly where that started and where that ended. Um, a big part is in the development stages right now with Vanguard College, where we're going to be uh, working with third and fourth year students. Uh, okay. And I'll be coaching them through their third and fourth year and then continued coaching Uh, through their first couple of years of ministry into uh, credentialing and into ordination.
1: Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: because we're seeing a lot of, of students fall off in the first five years.
1: Like after they graduate? After
0: they graduate, yeah. Like that's. I don't have the exact stats. We're in the process of looking for those, but you don't have to look very far. For anyone that's listening that's in ministry, think to your graduating year and think about how many of of the people that graduated Bible college with you and think about how many are still in ministry. Still in Uh,
1: full-time And this is a
0: ballpark number, but we're estimating it's somewhere around 70% are dropping off in the first five to 10 years.
1: Some years are higher, some
0: are lower, some are brutal, some are really good. But on an average, that's what we're looking at. And when we're looking at replacing leaders, leaders like, like we
1: need to, um, that's not a rate that's going to fill the gaps that are needed. So the idea is to get more intentional right in that third and fourth year, build the relationships, and then carry that relationship through in terms of mentoring and coaching in the first five years of Absolutely. ministry. Absolutely.
0: For me personally, I've, I've, I've seen quite a bit of the negative stuff that ministry has to offer, not necessarily in, in one specific place, but I've seen it from friends that have gone through it. Sure. I've seen it from stories of family that have gone through it. Um, I've had lots of opportunities to quit in my life, and I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. But there was people in my life who were pushing me and mentors in my life who said, no, 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 this is a season. Like, don't quit ministry. There were times where I was on the police website after a staff meeting that wasn't very good because I wanted to, (laughs) I was looking at the recruitment page. And I know that lots of these guys have been there, but they just didn't have people, the difference between me and them was they didn't have mentors in their life, whether it was their lead or even outside sources to say... I've been there. This is a season. Get through it. Um, you're mm-hmm. called to more, there's an X for you. And and this is this is one bump in the road. Don't give you give, like go to school or, or 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 drop your pastoral role or you know, don't quit. It's really right. what it comes down to. So to be that mentor who can, can develop them, but also encourage them to keep going. And uh by doing that, we're
1: gonna maintain our, our uh our young leaders. And I, I think there are some skills that maybe you don't learn in Bible college Probably. that, and, and I think it's just because in the classroom setting, maybe you can't or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that to have that coaching, that leadership development coaching for the individual, and then to carry that through, thats I think that's going to be a really good thing.
0: They don't teach you how to deal with the police at a youth group at Bible College. They don't <laughs> teach you how to, like seriously, yeah, those, that was a huge part of my job things. I was on a first name basis with them. Yeah. Um, if you're going to reach unchurched people, if you're going to be relentlessly outward bound, like we're promoting and like we know we're called to as a district, it's going to get messy. Right. And messy leads to hard situations. And if you don't have good mentors in place, this isn't, an, like, my role isn't an excuse for lead pastors to not mentor. They need to be doing that as well. But we're trying to, be. we see the need is so great mm-hmm. and so valuable for the next of, of the church in Canada and Alberta and Northwest Territories that we're putting a, a staffing position into it to coach.
1: Yeah, well, almost like your role, too, could help lead pastors to be better better exactly. mentors so they can come to you and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm working with a millennial or Gen, Gen Z. You know, how do I communicate better? And, and you could probably help them, couldn't well,
0: you? Well, and that's a, that's a big thing because that's when the more I read about the different generations, that's a huge element of of the divide. Boomers have a hard time with millennials and and Gen Z, largely because it's communication styles are the gaps there. Right. So uh, a boomer is more leans more towards a, a phone call, right? Well, for me personally, I'm 30 years old, and when I get a phone call, I get like anxiety because the only reason people <laughs> phone me is if. <laughs> it's a doctor giving me bad test results, <laughs> yeah, or it's somebody's died or something horrible. So I yeah. see that phone call, I'm like, or I'm in trouble because it's urgent and there's an emergency. That's what I think about that. I'm not saying it's bad to phone, but that's what I feel, yeah. Um, there's, there's trends towards that when you're actually doing it with your staff feedback or communication, that it's really beneficial, or at least a millennial will feel it's beneficial to have. Um, more check-ins for a shorter amount of times, right. so that like one-hour meeting once a, once a week. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Sometimes we're not even getting that from some of the leads out there or some yeah. of the older pastors. But or at least from what I'm hearing from people around ministry, um, but what they would be happy with is if you don't have time to give an hour every week, that's fine. They'd be happy with like um, you know a, a quick. Five minute chat. Here's, you know, the announcements was good, were good, but here's something you could work on. Some feedback, something to challenge them. But you did really good in this area. Five minutes often is better than like a big, long drawn out meeting. Like, right. could we, could we pencil in, um, schedule in an hour and a half meeting next Wednesday? You're thinking, what did I do? I thought I did a good job. There's, I mean, an hour and a half to talk about my that thing I did. Like, right. it creates anxiety um but that doesn't mean that that we should just as millennials or gen z's and if if there's any young leaders listening right now that they should just say well the older generation needs to cater to my communication style um it's also if, if you feel like your lead pastor and you know he really values a phone call phone your lead pastor right it goes both ways um one thing that i've i was hearing is a major thing for older generation people in leadership in the workforce and in church is for uh, young leaders to be taking notes in a meeting. For me, I don't take notes, right? That's just, I I, I do, but I don't naturally want to. Right. And that's kind of a, a symptom of my generation. But I know from talking to Gen Xers and Boomers that they really value if you're showing engagement and taking notes. So right. even if it's not
1: something you value, but you know your lead does, do it. But it's simple. You learn, yeah, you learn the other person's communication style mm-hmm. and then you do your best to be intentional at how they can learn and how they. it's like a family yeah, or a team. Yeah.
0: Like you just, you have, it's not about what your preference is. You're not called to change a different generation's behavior. Like that's not what we're called to as leaders in church. I'm not called to change. Boomers not called to change how millennials function. Millennials aren't called to change how the boomers function. We can disagree and have different ways of doing it. We're called to work together to reach lost people. That's the calling. <laughs> so stop wasting your time trying to change a generation's behavior and try to reach them for Jesus Mm. that Mm -hmm. might change you might actually have to change your behavior to reach the other generation and that goes both ways
1: yeah that's good so you mentioned a little bit before about the the need that we have to develop next generation leaders i mean what's the urgency here i mean is it a is it is it a big deal or what i mean i think it's paramount yeah
0: like it's like
1: anything else like
0: if a generation just decided to stop having babies that that right, that, stake. Yeah. We, that generation will die off, right. and and that species, that human beings would die. Yeah, we wouldn't exist anymore, and that's what we're looking at as the church now. Obviously, we know that God has a plan, but if we aren't willing to take the steps necessary to continue to be a part of, like, to be a movement in God's plan for for the world, He'll find someone else to do it. So, as POC, as AB WT district, whatever you want to call it, as Christians. It's up to us to do everything we can, like exhaust every avenue to be a part of the movement of, of reaching Canada and be prevailing church in a, a country that isn't trending that direction. Right. Um, so if we're not putting resources and if we're not putting time and energy into the next generation of the church, then we don't care about this version of it very much either. Mm. This isn't an option. This is a biblical mandate. Like we have to do this. Um, we see like Jesus is a good example of this. He, you know, so many pastors will say, I don't have time to mentor my young staff. I don't have time to, to meet with them. I don't have time to give them the time necessary or to go through leadership training or to go to a, uh, you know, put on a catalyst video and discuss it because I'm busy running this meeting. I'm busy volunteering in this area of my town. I'm busy in this. I have so many people I have to meet with, but. When I look at what Jesus did, he had thousands of people around him. He cared for every single one of them. He really did. But he really invested in 12. And he mm-hmm. put the time into those 12 people. He let them ask them questions. He let them make mistakes, which is a big, big deal. Um, he let them walk out onto the water with him. But he also let them sink so he could pull them back up and teach them lessons. Um, and because he focused on those 12 people and spent the majority of his time with them, he then sent them out. They created the church. They made leaders. They made right. They made teams. Um, I think if we're putting so much effort into thousands of people or hundreds or whatever it is in your context that we don't have time to invest in those that we're going to send out to do the work once we're done, um, we're in trouble. That's that's not going to lead to, to a prevailing church. That's not going to lead to reaching Canada um, and changing the narrative on, on Christianity. Um, we, we, we don't have a choice. That's that's what that's what it is. we see that in biblically with Paul and Timothy, older guy and a younger person teaching him, teaching him from his mistakes, trying to you know walk along with him and and uh, give him advice as time goes on. Just from two letters, you know, in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, there is a biblical mandate to be driving leadership development. Um, we right. that that is why we do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. That that's the call on our leader, uh, our pastors, is to de- develop leaders, whether that's your staff or whether that's in your in your church,
1: um, to do the the footwork while you drive the change, while while you but particularly young leaders though, yeah. say you're you're advocating because most pastors will say, well, yeah, I've got a board, but they're full of people my age, right? But you're saying no, 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 you know, yeah, you can do that, but you also have to go to the next generation. You well, have to, I and mean, if you're a single cell, you know, pastor, you're pastoring by yourself, mm-hmm. you don't have a staff. You're saying, hey, find 14, 15, 16 year olds and begin to mentor them as leaders.
0: Well, I think that if your board looks like is all over 50, and you're complaining that you you can't reach millennials, I found one of your problems there. Um, I'm hearing lots from lead pastors that oh, I don't know how to reach millennials, but then they're not giving their millennial staff load-bearing roles or opportunities to try things or to speak or to be engaged or be on the stage. Um, everyone who's on the stage looks drastically different in age and demographic from, from the people that they're trying to reach. Right. Um, there's no leadership, there's no board members, there's no board representation on any level of any subcommittees or anything of that younger generation. It's like, we want to reach them, I don't know how to reach them, but you have the people in your teams who are from that generation and know how to reach the millennials. And you know, from there on Gen Z as well. Right. Um, millennials are not this like up and coming weird thing anymore. They're the majority of our population they're basically 40 and under they're the workforce they're in very quickly they're developing into the standard what the boomers were for so long they're larger they're larger than the boomers they're the population so and you're seeing that in 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 just trends in yeah. government voting like it's just it's very you can see that they're taking control in a lot of ways so if we're not willing to um, engage people from that generation to see how to reach them in ways that we don't know or understand we're not doing everything we can. Right. Um, we're holding on to things. We're whether that comes from insecurity or a lack of knowing how to lead, or how to mentor, um, or how to let things go. Maybe it wasn't what we've done historically, but it's something that we're going to have to learn how to do. And that's mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily easy. That's that's a learned behavior, and that's why we have effectiveness coaches here at, at District Office District Resource Center to. To help with that, to train and to to help pastors along in that process.
1: It's crazy when you think of the fact that I mean, this is this is this isn't a new issue, right? We've probably been bad at this for ten or fifteen years, right? Not developing the next generation, and that's why we are where we are right now. We have this deficit of leadership. Why do you think it's so hard for us to develop younger leaders? What's the barriers? What's the roadblocks? I think the number one thing is, and I wasn't there for this, but it's what I've
0: been told and what I've read for the most part. I don't think that the the Boomer generation. It might sound like I'm picking on them, but they're generally the ones that are in charge right now. They weren't really taught. It wasn't modeled for them by their mentors. Um, there wasn't a strong uh, like example of how to lead and how to mentor for them. And and they often are like, well, I didn't I didn't have it. Well, I didn't need it. I pulled up my work boots and went to work, and uh, I, I'm fine. And I led. So why do they need it? Well, just because you grew up in a negative doesn't give you an excuse to to project that in your leadership as well. Um, just because you turned out, think about everybody that could have been where you are right now, if there mm-hmm. would have been mentorship. Um, it's not enough to just make it through a situation. We need to thrive as, as a leadership group in, in our district and in, in, in the prevailing church. So... Um, I think that's a big part of it. I just don't, and I don't fault them for that. They had to scrape and claw to figure out how to do it on their own. And I'd be proud of that if I were them. But if if you didn't have it modeled for you, you need to learn how to do it for your, uh, your up and coming staff now. And I think one more thing that does come up, and this might not be everybody, but I think that it can be insecurity. Um, and I get that. I think even the the a youth pastor with an up and coming intern in Bible college might have moments where they're like, this guy's a better speaker than me. People like this guy more. He has a higher capacity. His ceiling I can already see is going to be higher than me. And that shouldn't be something that scares us. That's something we should celebrate. I'm Help help them reach that. If you if you're a lead pastor right now and you have an associate who you know is a higher capacity, has a higher ceiling than you do. At his peak he's, or her peak, they're going to be higher. Um, in their leadership capacity than you are, that's not a threat to you. That is a sign of, of what you've been able to help them to develop. And whatever they accomplish is going to be a part of your legacy. It's a part of your story. Our story doesn't end when we retire or die. It, the people that we invest in are, and the great things they do for the kingdom, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, the people they invest in because of the investment we put in it it goes exponentially, and we're a part of that. So that's something that you should celebrate. Don't look at it as something that they're going to take anything from you. It's not about what they could take from you; it's what you could give to them.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm a senior leader. I I'm, I'm either I either have you know young adults or youth in my church, or I have staff that are younger. Give me some practical tools. How can I develop them to be all that God wants them to be as leaders?
0: Say so a couple quick points on it would be number one, the communication thing is right. huge. Um, learn what, how they communicate. Um, if they don't like phone calls, sometimes you're going to have to phone them, and they're going to have to deal with that. But uh, move to your communication platform from email because, for me, email is archaic, and I think even the, the most comfortable person with email knows that it can be archaic at times. Um, move to something like Slack. Uh, that that we did that at the church I was at prior to this, and it was great for me and the rest of the young staff because it was just it's it was a platform that kind of It was easier for everybody but it took a little bit of learning from the older staff but to me that that spoke to me that they were willing to learn something new and they were willing to budge on something that made them uncomfortable which gave me a little bit more of an appreciation and probably to be totally honest a little bit more of a leniency towards some of the things that i didn't love about about how we did things Mm -hmm. there were things that weren't going to change that frustrated me well they gave some space with this communication platform slack is a
1: messaging platform like yeah. facebook messenger it's, it's free. Or like a texting
0: for us for a large organization there's a paid version but you can get it for sure. free and it's it's basically like for workplaces it's groups uh, uh, just slack.com and, and they'll be able to to check it out what else um, I would say that if you're an older leader and you, you, want to, you want to develop people, you absolutely need to be giving opportunity. That's the biggest thing. Right. Don't just have your young leader setting up chairs or um, just running the media or running the youth group. Give them a chance to preach. Give them a chance to preach on an important day. One of the most important things that I ever got and, the, and one of the most trust-building things for me was when I first was asked in my second year ministry to speak on Christmas Eve. And uh, to me, that was a big deal and i put a lot of work into that because that's that's the community that's a it's a big moment that's a load bearing role um, and that built trust and that gave me an opportunity so the next time i was on easter and i was a little more comfortable and i yeah, i can, i can do that um don't just only give your young leader the long weekends sermon not that they can't do it not that it's not a bad first try first thing but don't let that be the the habit because that speaks to them as yeah i'm just the weekend weather guy i don't really have that much to offer and they just kind of give me this the table scraps at the end um obviously you want to give them what they're ready for but stretch your understanding of what they're ready for they'll never be fully ready until they give are given the opportunity to to maybe fail and then be taught from that
1: um or knock it out of the park what other load bearing when you say load bearing i'm guessing you're meaning significant Besides speaking, what else could they do? Well, this one even goes beyond
0: uh, what a staff could do. Uh, You could look at your board, right? Like, what would it look like to have a 20-something on your board? Somebody really young. Um, To be at a meeting every single week, or every week, every month. And to be learning from these older guys, these guys who are good in business and church, have been doing this before, know how to walk through difficult situations. And then when that 20-something is 30-something, you bring on another 20-something. Well, next thing you know, you have some representation around your board from two different really demo-like age groups, two different stages of life, and they're talking into strategy. They're talking into representing those those groups that you might not be reaching. it's difficult. There's gonna, that's going to be less easy than having another 50, 60-year-old who thinks and talks like you and, and understands the, the direction you're going. You might have to teach. You might have to mentor. But that's, like we said, that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to have younger generations speaking into your church leadership. And one other thing that they can do is make sure that you're engaging in feedback. Um, no one, the, the young people and anyone who's on your staff, they don't know what you're thinking and you can't just just let them go and try things and then have it float because they're going to, if it didn't go well, you need to talk to them about it. Obviously, don't be a jerk about it, but like have this a culture of, of engagement and talking about the things that they tried. Um, maybe they did announcements. Maybe they preach. Maybe it was great, but there is one or two things. They started off rough and you can... You remember when you were that age you had that that happened to you and here's a tip of something i did or a resource i found or a preaching course that i know of um that would help you with that um encourage them but challenge them to be better mm-hmm. we'll never ever grow if we're not challenged and we'll never be challenged if no one talks about it sometimes it might be uncomfortable what if your your young leader goes up and preaches and it's terrible you need to have that conversation just having them think that it went good, or, or maybe they know it didn't go good, but there's no there's no direct feedback there. They're not going to grow from that. Mm. You might have to make yourself. In fact, you're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable and have uncomfortable conversations in order to have your young leaders grow. Mm-hmm. So that'd be the biggest thing is just just feedback. You need to be talking. You need to be communicating. You need to be giving them things to work on. Give them prescriptions. Give them things every year when you do um if you do your your yearly review or i'd even challenge you to do more than that
1: like every six months have a sit down and um, well, you were saying even like check in uh more often right you were right. saying earlier check in more often but for shorter amounts of time. yeah a yearly
0: review doesn't really fit the culture it's yeah. it, of of younger people it might still have to happen i'm not saying it's a bad thing but even just it's better to just give like Actually, Gen Z, the stats show that they're actually content coming into the workforce with just texting or with all digital. <laughs> yeah, sure. So you could just text them and say, hey, how did you think that went? Yeah, I don't know. Here's some things to work on. They're fine with that. That yeah. might seem cold and impersonal imp- impersonal to you, but they're good with that. Huh. Millennials would lean that way too. Hmm. But just a five-minute chat or a, a quick call instead of a long conversation might be better. Um, it doesn't have to take a ton of your time. It's just being intentional with your time Towards feedback and developing your leaders. The last thing you can do, and this works for anybody in any demographic, is just sharing your life and being a mentor in in, in regular life with them. Don't just mm. have that pedestal of I'm the pastor and you're the you're the lowly whatever. Um, you're, you're the young guy. You're the young guy. <laughs> the girl, you're the 21 year old volunteer youth leader. Yeah. Um, have them over. Go for coffee with them. Give them time. Show them that you care, and have conversations about real life. Mm. Um, we're actually the most, the millennials and Gen Z are the most fatherless generation statistically, outside of wartime and famine. There's a, a dangerous element to that, and wow. there's a thirst for mentorship beyond just teaching somebody a volunteer staff or a or a, just a leader, whatever it is, how to speak or whatever. Um, there's a, a need for people to feed into all elements of life. And one last thing that you can do, and this goes for any demographic, uh, it could be somebody who has a large staff or somebody who just has a bunch of volunteer leaders that are helping out with their youth group or setting up chairs, whatever it is. With young people in your church, teach them just about regular life. Be a regular person. There can be that pedestal of I'm the pastor and I'm kind of up here and, and I don't really associate, not even in a bad way, but I I don't share my life with them Um there's not a transparency there. And I understand that you have to, you know, walk that, navigate that a little bit carefully, but but be real with them. Yeah. Um, the stats show right now that the millennials and Gen Z, we're entering into the most fatherless generation outside of wartime and famine. And so the beyond wow. just the need to develop leadership and and all those things that are all very important, there is a absolute thirst from the younger generation to be fed into just do to life just yeah just be a yeah. part of it just have somebody who's older to talk about marriage to right. ha- talk about yeah. about dating to talk about college about how to budget saving your s- saving money things that like dads typically would do it, you know how important it would be to to a young guy in your church or a young girl to teach them how to uh cook basic meals or to um, change their oil and I know that takes time and that's a lot but that's worth investing in just even talking about it teaching them something being somebody that could say hey I I, you know one of the most important things that I was ever fed into me by, by an older person was not a pastor or a leader I got dumped by a girlfriend and there was this guy at this lumber yard I worked at who went to the church I did yeah um, and he just took me golfing he knew I was just depressed and distraught it yeah. was a rough breakup and he didn't talk much at all. Like he was the quietest guy you've ever met. And he took me out golfing, paid for it, and like told me about a story that was very similar where he got dumped and he made it through it. And I walked out of that just super encouraged. Right. And that meant everything. It's I mean, it's been ten years or eleven years still and it still sticks it. with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the most he's one of the most influential people in my life because of it. Wow. And so you can do that for your young leaders. You can do that for for young people in your church, just be an older person. Be a father or a mother. Don't make it weird. Just be normal. Teach mm-hmm. them about stuff. Teach them about life. Pass on some wisdom. You you may think you don't have any and that they don't care. They do, and you do. Mm. And it's super important.
1: Yeah, and really, you can integrate, I think, both of these things. Don't just be so task-oriented. And like you say, don't just teach them to do ministry. Yeah. Share your life. I think you can do both. I mean, why couldn't you have a review or a feedback meeting uh, golfing? <laughs> or right. having a coffee, or, or just integrate it. And why couldn't you just start by saying, so tell me how things are going, and just talk about life first before you got into the review or the feedback portion of how they can do even better.
0: It's easy to read a lot of leadership books and think that this is the structure and we have to keep it all business all the time. But if you don't get the the window or the door into influencing someone's life and be real with them, that stuff doesn't go as far. Oh wow! It has to
1: balance, right? Wow. All this stuff is super valuable so talk to young leaders here who are you know up and coming and maybe they might look at this and say i don't know if i want to do this or mm. i don't know if i Or they've, they've been in ministry for a couple of years and they're kind of feeling that that, that rough go like you mentioned talk to them I'd say don't quit
0: and remember what you were called to um it's easy to be excited about it in the moment In those high points those days at bible college or your first couple of days in an office your new office your new place your first couple of months when you're getting new opportunities but as you start to get into the grind and the reality of ministry is hard Mm -hmm. like it is hard Mm -hmm. and it's okay to say it's hard but it's okay that it is you need to know that you were called to this and that it's going to take you gritting it out and and toughing out some hard times to achieve your calling and to be fruitful at it. Um, and the other thing I say is you you may not have somebody really mentoring you. The chances are that you might not be. And that sucks and that's not necessarily uh, like your fault, but it's not an excuse to not develop yourself. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not being mentored, you've never lived in a time where there's more resources. You've never lived in a time where there's more opportunity to learn. You may not have a mentor taking you out for coffee all the time. But you have podcasts available to you. Um, you have books available to you. You have audio books available to you. Um, you can pick up the phone and call them. You can just cold call somebody. Like you have District Resource Center here where we work for you. Um, we want to see you succeed. Uh, create a tribe of mentors from different sources coming from different places. Yeah, yeah, you can be the catalyst of your own mentorship and your wow. own growth. Yeah, that's um, Don't wait for somebody. And here's one more thing that I've learned. We all want to be mentored as young people, but if someone asked you, if you went to me and said, hey, I want, I want to be mentored, can you answer the question, what do you want to be mentored in? I think we've romanticized as young people like the, this mentorship thing, but we don't even know what we're looking for. Well, they're not mentoring me enough. What do you want to be mentored in? Is it in preaching? Is it in leading, right. managing groups and teams? You need to be able, if, if you're going to go ask somebody,
1: to mentor you, you need to be able to articulate what you're looking for. One of the greatest questions ever asked me was, what's your personal growth plan? Yeah. And then I was like, I don't have one. <laughs> you,
0: know? you mean you're not going to make that for me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so develop that yeah, is what you're you, saying.
0: You put, mentorship isn't something that somebody does to you. It's something you do with somebody. Right. It's it's not a it's it's not a program. It's, it's You have to invest as much into being mentored as someone has to into mentoring you. And that's how it, we're going to succeed together. I just have a message for any young leader that's listening to this. We need you. You are. There is a huge problem in Canada and the, and the world. The church is typically not growing. It's dying in most places if it's not plateaued. We're not winning the battle right now. And we need a generation to come up and to actually change how we do things, to lead to grow to, at an earlier age than maybe other generations were called to and asked to, to develop themselves, it might not be fair, but it's what you're called to. So you need to be working at, at this. You need to be resourcing yourself. You need to be exhausting every avenue to be mentored and to develop yourself as a leader and as a pastor to be able to change the world and change Canada. And that's, not, that's something that, you're sure, we've all been to conferences as teenagers where we said, this is the generation that's going to change it, and then it doesn't. But... This is literally, we believe in you. You are going to have to be a part of the solution. And that's why we're investing resources as a district resource center into you. That's why we're putting out these podcasts. That's why we're talking about this and having these conversations. That's why John and Jeremiah, our coaches, go to uh, churches and, and coach uh, lead pastors and how to mentor you. And uh, so so that's that's the most important thing. You are a part of the solution. We believe in you. And you
1: can do this. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Jeff. And thank you to every one of you who take time to listen each month. Please share this with your team. In fact, share this with your young leaders. And let's continue to vitalize our district and see that happening across our nation. You know, 35 million souls in Canada depend on it. Until next time.